On today's podcast, we're going to play the full interview of Pete Golding's press conference from Thursday, August 20th. Pete Golding is entering his third season at Alabama in his second season as the D.C. at Bama. Here's Pete Golding. Awesome. Man. Excited to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we do this yeah. about twice a year, so I think anytime a coordinator at Alabama is speaking, it's getting close to football. Um, so we're excited about that. You know, obviously, this offseason uh, looked a little different for us. Uh, but I just want to commend our players. Uh, I think uh, everything that came their way, they adjusted to it. Uh, I thought we took the spring from a learning standpoint uh, and, and the Zoom meetings. Uh, and then in the summer, having those 10 days, uh, I thought our kids adapted unbelievably well. Uh, and their resiliency was, it was really, really good to see. Um, you know, not having a spring ball, uh, I think obviously is a big concern to some people. And they, they ask, you know, does, does anything change? And I think with the Zoom meetings we had, where we're at from a mental standpoint with our players, I think we're way ahead from a mental standpoint than we've ever been. And then it's been nice in that summer, it was different, you know, having those 10 days to be able to get with those guys like a mini camp uh, before camp started. So our standards aren't gonna change. Our expectations aren't gonna change just because we didn't have spring ball. Uh, we obviously have a chip on our shoulder. We know the tradition of defense here. We know the expectation here, uh, and, and we're ready to live up to it. And that's going to be a challenge. We've lost some players, some good players from last year. Obviously had some young guys last year uh, that played a lot and had to step up, and they'll have some experience. And then I think this recruiting class that we brought in uh, up to this point in camp uh, has been everything we thought they would be. Uh, but I've just been really impressed uh, so this offseason this summer uh, with the leadership of Coach Saban. I can't imagine being in any other organization uh, and going through something like this, but working for one of the best leaders in the world and coming every day and having a plan and not looking ahead and not worrying about whether we're playing ball or not, but taking it one day at a time, trying to develop our players that we got on our roster, talk to our recruits and continue to recruit. Uh, it was really, really impressive to watch being around Coach Saban during this pandemic, uh, and I commend him for that. Uh, also, I think the offseason allowed us, while not having spring ball, and not having recruiting, it really allowed us from a defensive standpoint to really dive in and self-scout and see what worked and why it worked and then see what didn't work and what do we need to change and how do we need to get better. And obviously we're constantly trying to improve uh, defensively and as a team. And I thought the defensive staff did an unbelievable job with that this offseason this summer. What a great group of guys, great football coaches, fun to be around. Um, but they bring a lot to this university and I really appreciate everything that they do. Um, but other than that, obviously, third day, I think we've got some young guys that are playing well, playing fast. Uh, I really think the mental part of it, we're ahead of where we've been. And I think a big part of that has just been the installation process of how different it was. Uh, I think, obviously, the day one heat, you know, we had to get adjusted to some of that because they hadn't been used to that. But I think we got some older players that are showing a lot of leadership. I think Dylan Moses, having him back out there and hearing him and seeing him flying around, he's done an exceptional job with these young kids. LeBron Ray up front, yeah, what is nice to have him back and coming out of his hips up front. Uh, Christian Barmore's playing really well. And I think Patrick Sertain, uh, he's in a really good spot. I think these freshman DBs uh, who are going to have to play for us, look up to him. He's bringing them under his wing. So I'm really excited about where we're at from an attitude, energy standpoint right now. We understand that we've got to get better, and we have to get better, and we will. And I think they're excited about the challenge. Yeah, hey, Pete, um, uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but last year's defense took a decent amount of criticism. Um, what would you, what would you, how would you respond to that criticism, and what would be, what would you say is going to be different about it this year? 
No, I, I, that's why I took this job. You know, I took this job because I wanted to coach the best defense in the country. And that's the expectation of this place. And I don't want anything differently. So the bottom line is it's our job to put the best product on the field. And they got to perform and they got to do well. So that's obviously from an off-season standpoint. Obviously, we dived in from a defensive standpoint, whether it was missed tackles or mental errors or whatever it was. Why, right, and how do we fix it? It's one thing understanding, okay, what was it, but how do you fix it? And so I think that was the biggest thing this offseason and all the studies that we did is make sure we're going back. All right, did we have that drill set up? All right, all these missed tackles, there are a lot of them are in similar situations. Well, did we drill it? Did we put them in the situation? How can we do a better job of coaching and preparing the kids to where we get the product that we want on Saturday? And so bottom line, that's on me. It ain't on nobody else. I'm the defensive coordinator. I'm responsible for the defense. And so I got to do a better job of getting them prepared, getting those guys knowing what to do and playing fast. Hey, Coach, I'm curious what you think you have in Josh Job and Ronald Williams Jr. and if you see them uh, positionally diverse enough to where they can start at both corner and star, both of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think both of them are similar in body types, uh, very long, both athletic, uh, have the top end speed that you want to be able to play corner in this conference. And then both of them are physical enough, obviously, to be able to put in the apex, put a star and from a run support standpoint. But I think we got several guys, obviously, that we're looking at the star position right now, uh, Ronald being one of them. But I think the big thing in this conference, obviously, and then within this defense, we need to have two corners that can lock it down. And I think that's something that Patrick and Josh uh, will should be able to do for us. And they've done well up to this point. And then for us, it's find that next best one uh, to be able to bring to the star position to cover those slots that, as you know and I know, are a big part of multiple offenses. And those guys can run in this league. So we, we definitely got to find a star. But yes, does he give us flexibility there? Are we working on that? Absolutely. Yeah, Coach, it seems like a lot of coaches are, given the circumstances, talking about the importance of depth, not just second-teamers but third-teamers. Given that, do you work – are you more likely to work guys at multiple positions maybe than normal? Yeah, I, I think obviously this is going to be a unique year. I mean, obviously you always want depth and you're worried about it too deep, maybe a swing guy here or there. But, you know, the way the CDC is now and the testing and all that, you know, heaven forbid something happens, multiple guys could go down. So I think the way we practice and how coach structures practice really helps us from a depth standpoint because whether you're a one or you're a four, you're getting the same amount of reps. All right. Now, obviously, that helps you at that position, right, because they're only working one position. But then I think, obviously, Coach Saban, he's got a plan for everything and always will. So those guys that have the ability to play different spots, they're, they're, they're going to work there. Uh, how much? You know, just to make sure that we can go in and get out of a bind if we need to. But I think the way practice is structured, A, it's set to develop the bottom half of your roster. And B, to answer your question, is there some guys at some spots that might work other spots? Absolutely. And depending on their skill set and what the depth is of something else, we yeah, have definitely. Yeah, you got the secondary corner, but what have you seen from the guys at safety so far through three days? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously Jordan Battle, you know, was thrown into the game early last year. Uh, I think he's playing right now like he's played a year. Uh, he's communicating, doing well. I think D. Wright, obviously, he's been here for a while, a long time, really athletic, can run. Uh, I think he's getting to where he's understanding what to do, his keys and reads and, and training his eyes. 
And then I think we got obviously some, some depth there that was here last year, but then I think we got a couple freshmen uh, that you'll see early and we'll have to do a good job of rolling those guys. And I think like in anything, finding something they can do. You know, I think it's, it's especially this year, let's not look at what they can't do, let's look at what they can do. All right, and let's put them in that situation. All right, so if they're not good at this, well, let's not ask them to do that. All right, so let's base a package of coverage, whatever it is, especially this year with the depth, to find something, whether it's a young player or older player, that he excels at. And let's ask him to do that. All right, and if he's not good at something, well, let's sub him out and put somebody else in. Uh, but no, I think, I think we got some depth. We got uh, at safety. I think those guys right now are competing, and there's some young guys in the mix. There were a few guys from last year's defense that said at times communication was an issue, especially against the up-tempo fastball teams. How do you address that? And does the fact that maybe there are only 20% capacity at stadiums, does that help communication with the defense at all? Absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, first of all, to answer your first question, I think any tempo team, obviously you work it through the week and you have a, a code system to where, you know, the call and everything's one word, one signal to be able to get lined up and play fast. The difference the game is now, the LSUs of the world and other people, they'll play, they'll go tempo, but then they're going to go look, right? So they're going to go fast to the ball, they're going to go look, and if you're in the same call, they're, they're going to eat you alive. So then you got to play that game. Hey, they go tempo, they look. Well, we got to have the ability to change calls, change coverages, change pressures, and things like that. But, but absolutely, I mean, I think a tempo plan, right, and, and making it simple and being multiple within the same sense. And then they, we have to have the ability to where when they change, you have to have the ability to change. And that takes practice and that takes work. And sometimes when you ask young guys to do that that are coming from high school, that's tough. And, and I think sometimes it's tough as a coach to where you can't go versus really good players and be just vanilla to where, hey, we're going to do this every time and we're showing them our hand in poker and, and expect to win the down. Now, I also don't think you need to bluff every down. So there, there's a happy medium there, and I think this offseason was a big part of that. How can we get our kids cleats in a turf, line up, see the formation, see the back set, make the calls, and play fast, all right, and be, still be able to be multiple by doing that. So absolutely. Yeah, sorry. Hey, Coach, Tony Scott's Ben Insider. Um, how important are, are guys like Chris, Christopher Allen and Ben Davis in, in establishing that pass rush, those veteran guys, especially when you consider, you know, the kind of work you're going to have to do in the secondary early on in the season? Yeah, I mean, I think first off, when I hear those two names after this offseason and this summer and the first three days of camp of practice, man, those guys have taken a leadership role. Uh, they've worked their rear ends off. Uh, they've been in here studying. They've worked with the young guys on Zoom. And, and it's really nice right now. Those two guys are like coaches on the field. And so that's been a big, big help to these young guys in that room uh, that are talented, that can play. And for them to take them under their wing has been really nice. But yeah, both of them have a lot of experience. I've played the position for a long time. Uh, obviously, when you're young in the secondary, or, or at least experienced in the secondary, you got to be able to create some pass rush. And you can't do that always by sending five or six, because now you're asking those young guys to cover really good players. And so obviously, you know, creating a four-man rush and still getting pressure on the pocket and containing the quarterback it is obviously nice to have. So I think both Chris and Ben, you know, have the ability to do that on, on base and regular downs. And then in third down, we're going to get our best guys on the field. Hey, Coach Golden. Um, just to follow up on that, uh, did you feel like you had your, your best edge guys at, at the end of the season, or how has that developed with, with some of the younger guys, 
with, with King and, and Justin and some of the other younger guys? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's the big thing. I think on third down uh, is having packages for players and being able to find something like we talked about earlier that they're really good at. You know, so some of these young guys might be really good edge pass rushers, DPR, so to say, on third down. But we need to be able to find some packages to be able to let them guys do that. And no, we're not going to ask them to learn the whole Dime Rabbits package and, and the whole Nickel Rabbits package because they're not going to have the ability to do that this early. So let's ask them what they can do well. Let's do, let's, let's do that early, still continuing to learn the package, you know, ultimately to learn it all, but get those guys in spots for them to excel and be able to create pressure on the quarterback because I think that room has some special talent in it this year, uh, especially. And then obviously our older veteran guys, being more on base down and nickel down and then still third down and bringing those guys with them. But yes, I think to answer your question is to have a specific plan for specific players, asking them to do what they do well. And if that's rushing the pass, then that's what they need to be doing. Pete, you have a couple of, of new faces on the staff defensively this year between Freddie Roach and then Charlie Strong, obviously, with the, the defensive background as an analyst. Just what has that relationship been like with those guys so far, and what have you learned from them and, and vice versa? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll start with Freddie. I mean, I think uh, what an unbelievable player he was here, but, I mean, what an unbelievable person. I think the energy that he brings to that room, um, being a little younger, I think the kids relate to him more, um, but it's not a buddy system. I mean, he's on their ass, and he's going to make sure they do things right. Um, he does an under, a great job of understanding the defense. And I think a big part of the coach is how do I relate it to the players, right? It's not what I know, it's what they know. And, and I think he does a really good job. Okay, here's the front, here's the game, here's the blitz, and breaking it down into their language, into their terms, and getting on the same page. And uh, I've been really excited to have him. And obviously, I think anytime you come back to your alma mater and, and coach, that's something special. And then I love, I mean, I love Charlie. You know, so it's, it's so nice to have him here. I mean, holy cow, the experience he's had, whether it's been a head coach or a defensive coordinator. Uh, obviously, we still have Coach Stoops as well. Uh, so I love picking those guys' brains, you know, and, and have them evaluate me, whether it's from a scripted standpoint, a meeting standpoint. Coach, you know, how would you have said this differently? How would you have done it differently? And, you know, so that's what I'm so excited about. I mean, I'm in an unbelievable atmosphere. You know, I work for the best head coach of college football. Uh, I got a lot of guys around me that have unbelievable experience, and they're really good dudes. Uh, and they're all in it for the right reasons. Uh, and they're here to help us and help us improve and get this defense back to where it should be. And I promise you, I got open ears. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Thanks for doing this, Pete. Absolutely. Uh, could you just describe, you know, Dylan's year, the, the, what he's been through, I think it was a year ago, almost to the day he got hurt, uh, rehab, COVID, everything to get to this point. Yeah, wow. You know, I mean, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've got a very close relationship with Dylan uh, being, you know, close to home. That was a tough year for him. I mean, I think obviously the expectations going into the year, uh, the media hype, him knowing what's a good player he was, but also the amount of work that he had put in that spring and that fall, or that summer going into that fall. And, and this is a true story. It was the day before he got hurt. This is the first time we meet his linebackers after practice. This is the first time I ever saw him grab somebody by the face mask and really get in their stuff and let them know that's not how we do it here. 
And that's what I've been waiting on. That's what we've been waiting on. You know, I think as a coach, you can say whatever you want. Until you're player-led and you got to do a good job of getting them to that. But until you have a guy to be able to do that, and that's what those young guys needed last year. We're a young room. And they wanted somebody to be able to do that for them and to be able to follow. And that was the first time since I had been here for him. I really saw him wear his emotions on his sleeve and, man, just pour it out. And I told him, he came to my office after that practice, like, Dylan, that's it, man. That is it. You busted your butt, and you've done everything you're supposed to at this point. But if he doesn't, it don't matter. Like, you got to bring the other 10 guys with you, and you got to get them invested with you. And, and it was just unfortunate for him, you know, that next day is when, when he had the injury. But I think this past fall, I think obviously it, it let him really concentrate on his studies, all right, which was good, and he got those where he needed to be. And I really think he, hard, he uh, thought hard and uh, long about – you know, do I really want to come back and go through this again? Not because he doesn't love Alabama, he loves Alabama. Not because he doesn't love his players, he loves his players and his teammates. But just in the back of his mind, man, what if I do this another year and it happens again? You know, and I think we had a lot of talks and Ginger and Jeff and everybody did an unbelievable job with Dylan and obviously his mom. But, what well, man, this, this offseason, I'm telling you what, in those Zooms, I mean, he had his pen and paper out every day. Uh, getting the freshmen on there, quizzing them, send them tests. Uh, when he decided to come back, it was that Dylan I saw that day after practice. And he said, man, if I'm going to come back, I'm all in, and I'm going to bring everybody with me. And, and so that's been really, really awesome to see, and I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, he's worked his butt off, and, and I hope he stays healthy and has a great year. How are we doing, Coach? What's up, boss? Doing good, doing good. Just uh, taking a step back here, what would be two of the biggest lessons that you learned from last season that will help you the most this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, one of the things is I think as a defensive guy, as a coach, as a competitor, right, you always want to put your guys in the best position, right? You always want to have the best call, right, defend it the best, let's have the best game, let's have the best coverage. Uh, and I think by doing that at times, yeah, it looks really good on the board and it should work and it does. Uh, however, who's doing it? Who's got the pin? And I think that's the biggest thing for me last year. Obviously, it's easier to sit, look back and say that now. And I, you know, I have no regrets. I coached my ass off and, you know, I prepared them as best as I could and all that. But looking back at it is understanding, hey, who's our personnel, what we got, how can we simplify this thing to let these kids play fast, right? And the biggest thing, how can we eliminate explosive plays, mental errors, and still be disruptive? I mean, this game's still about negative yards plays, takeaways, right? And then how can we get off the field on third down? And I think from a discipline standpoint, that was the thing that, that hurt me the most. You know, looking back, to me, is the missed tackles, the mental errors, right? And then the, the lack of discipline, right? Third down penalties and things like that. As a coach, I mean, that makes you sick. You know, and you feel like that's something you should be able to control. You know, so I got to do a better job in meetings and in practice and everything else that it's not acceptable. And you're either allowing it or you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And so we're doing a better job of monitoring those things, putting them on tape, showing them every day, look, this is it. This is who we are. This is who we're not. All right? And then obviously getting those guys to do it the right way. And, and that's what I told them at the start of this camp. I was like, why did you come here? Why did I come here? Right? To work with the best guy to ever do it and to go to a standard to be the number one defense in the country. I used to break these guys down every year at wherever I was at, right, to learn and watch tape. Well, guess what? The five national championships go back and average the defense. Guess what it was? Number one in the country. And I mean, it's, everybody knows, right? Defense wins championships. That's why I came here, right? That's why these kids came here, 
right? But we have an obligation to all the players and coaches that came before us to meet the standard. And the, and the standard's going out and working harder than everybody else. It hasn't changed, right? Doing it the right way, having great discipline, mental toughness, physical toughness, right? Playing fast, smart, and physical, right? So we, we got to get back to that. Always great to hear Pete Golding speak. For more coverage on the Alabama Crimson Tide, be sure to go to BamiInsider.com. Now is a perfect time to become a premium subscriber. All you got to do at checkout is enter the promo code ROLLTIDE and you'll get free 30 days. Get those team nuggets that you can't get anywhere else. Talk to you soon from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. This is Kyle Henderson.